believe I believe we are. I believe we are. All right. Well, so guys, I know tonight is not is not our usual usual night uh, to stream on beers and beers, but uh, we missed it last week, so we figured that we I better do something at least. Uh, it's been a while, so had to jump on and let you know we're still here. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. It's just been freaking insane lately. Oh. The last couple weeks, August is always, uh, always kicks me in the ass. Uh, but that's because, uh, golf stock, we just had a uh, box and myself were, uh, part of organizers of a, a, a music and arts fest in Pearson. And that takes up a ton of our time. That was just last weekend, this last Saturday. It was a great turnout. Pretty awesome. So, um, but we are done with that now. So I figured I better jump on here and do, uh, do some gears and beers stuff. Hey, Gene, how you doing, man? Yeah, guys, if anybody else is in here, say hey. Hopefully, I will see your uh, see your post, see your comment. Uh, Jesse, obviously, he's usually running shit, but I am tonight, so this is going to be uh, a shit fest. Can you guys can you guys hear me? Also, if you can hear me, I think it looks like you hear me. So, um, yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, so yeah, guys, if you got any questions, this, this is going to be very informal. I'm just going to, um, touch on a few things, mainly the ATF's redefinition of what a frame and receiver is. But, um, if you got any questions or anything, shout them out below and we'll, uh, we'll cover them one second here. I'm going to, I'm going to share my. Uh, I don't know how to do that. Oh, well. Um, so anyways, so for the, like, like the last shoot, this has been going on ever since Biden took office, basically. Uh, so it's been about, it's been a year and a half in the makings, but as of midnight last night, so, uh, you know, 20 hours ago, the ATF's new definition of what a frame and receiver are in a firearm, they completely redefined this. Um, went into effect. So the, for most people, the average Joe, I, I would say that this isn't going to really going to affect them that much. Um, but unless you try and go and buy an 80 percenter now. So, so mainly this is, this is affecting my business, uh, a big time. I mean, it's gonna, I believe I'm going to lose a decent amount of business from it. And it also has a bunch of other requirements to it. The shit that I have to do. And the thing that really irritates me, um, is this didn't pass through Congress. There is no vote on this. There was no, our representatives didn't have any say in this whatsoever. This was just an unelected bureaucratic agency that decided that, uh, was directed by Biden to redefine all this stuff. And, and, and now this is where we at and it's treated as, you know, the ATF is enforcing it as law. So unless you've been living under a rock, you know, there's a thing called 80% receivers. And what you do is you can buy these. There's no, there's no background check or nothing. It's just, uh, they send you, uh, a receiver that is not completely finished. So you have to, depending on whether it's a P80, the pistol receiver or an AR 15 receiver, or, and there's a number of other ones as well. Um, but you, you mill it out with a, a milling machine and a router, or, 
uh, in the P80 case, actually, those were ingenious. Those were just basically, they sent you a, a jig along with it and you could finish it with an, I've seen some people do it with an X-Acto knife and it wasn't, you know, perfect, but, and a drill also to drill out those, those holes. Um, so anyways, there was no background checks or anything. You could, you could make this, this stuff at home and you still can to a certain extent, but what the, the ATF did, they now can't crack down on these things and are saying that these, these kits here are now officially firearms. Um, and they did that. They did this through a whole, the rules, like how many pages is it? It's several hundred pages, just fricking. I think it's like 300 and some pages. It's just absurd. I tried to read through some of it and it's the, the, you know, how legal mumbo jumbo they, they word this stuff. Um, so essentially what it boils down to though, is there are no longer kits. You cannot sell a kit, meaning that the 80% lower came and it also had all the tools, the end mills, everything you needed to mill that out and make it into a finished receiver. And that finished receiver up until last night at midnight was then what would be called a firearm. The previous, you know, thing was not a firearm. That was just a chunk of aluminum or a chunk of plastic, whatever it was. But now the ATF is redefining that if you are selling a kit, that it has to have a background check and it has to be serialized. So how it's changing my business is it's um, now any any 80%, it used to be any 80% finished 80%er that came into my shop, I could just log it in to my a logbook um, as a no serial number. Um, the person that made it was a manufacturer done. No problems, no issues. It goes back to the customer when it's done. That's that, that was it. And I didn't do a lot of those. There's a lot of people that make these and, um, you know, making firearms has been a thing since the beginning of time or the, since the beginning of this country, not obviously not since time, but the beginning of this country, you know, has been, people have been making firearms at home. You know, this is nothing new. This is nothing crazy. This is nothing extreme. Um, but now the new rules state, and keep in mind that this was no law passed. This is just a new rules from the ATF. That any time a, rece a, a receiver comes into my shop that does not have a serial number on it, if I keep it overnight, I can work on this from, say, 8 in the morning until 5 at night and then give it back to the customer. As long as it's that same day, I don't have to serialize it. Um, but now if I keep that overnight, I have to put a serial number on that. So, and that serial number will contain my information, my FFL information. So if, say, um, you know, random Joe Smo brings in a P80 uh, and it's not finished, I need to seracode it, I got to keep it overnight. So now I got to put my FFL information and in. that way, what the ATF is saying is that if it's discovered at a crime scene or something like that, that they can look at that serial number. They know that FFL number. They come to me. They say, hey, who did you give this to? So this is the reasoning behind it. But, the, and they're also saying that, um, sorry, I was reading the com box's comment there. Uh, they're also saying that the reason they did this is because of the skyrocketing crime rate because of these. So, 
somehow they think that criminals are bringing me their firearms, bringing gunsmiths their firearms to work on. They're privately made firearms. And somehow they're bringing us to work. So, so now that that's going to solve this issue, um, it doesn't make sense because the people that are that are committing these crimes of them are building them themselves. The few crimes that are committed with these, they're building them themselves. They're not bringing them to me to have them seracoded. They're not going to their gunsmith, Joe, and having having him help them build them. That's just it's it doesn't happen. So um, that's the frustrating part about this is they're lying through their teeth about why they're doing this. And the other interesting part about this rule, um, it's not this per- specific rule, but one that went into uh, went into uh, ruling as a, a while ago was the ATF now says that I have to keep records for the entire length of 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 my my FFL being open. It used to be twenty years. And I could get rid of those records. I could torch them, burn them, whatever, shred them. I didn't have to maintain them. So what does that do? Well, I have to maintain these records indefinitely. And when I go out of business, I give them to the ATF. So what are they doing here? Why are they doing this? They're creating a gun registration. That's essentially what this is. So every single firearm that comes into my house, uh, into my shop now, I have to serialize it. And then when I have to give the cut, the ATF, that information, when I go out of business. Um, so eventually every single, every single record will be given to the ATF um, because ever, you know, I will eventually go out of business. I'm not going to keep my records indefinitely. So that's essentially what they're doing here. That's their scheme. Um, and it's, it's frustrating because we're held at, yeah, I don't believe in this rule. It's unconstitutional the way that it was, the way that it was enacted. I think that it should have, I know that it should have gone through Congress and it should have been voted on. And then it would have been partially legal. Let's, let's forget my other feelings about the second amendment being, um, unlimited that's neither here nor there but the fact is i'm in business so i do have to kind of um bend the knee a little bit to these these tyrants i shouldn't have to but it is what it is um so now i'm i'm in a situation where i either do what they say or they come in and they shut me down and 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 if i commit a infraction you know, bad enough, you know, they throw me in, they throw me in jail. So I either do what they say. And that's, that's a problem with this, this sort of thing. Dylan F the ATF. I 100% completely agree with you. I couldn't, couldn't uh, agree with that statement more. Um, but it's, it's just frustrating. And especially in my industry, I was talking to some people in this and it seems like a lot of people are just taking this laying down. Well, it's just another thing. It's just another issue that we have to deal with. And I think that that's a lot of the problem, you know, for so many years we've been, well, it's just, just another thing and we bend over and we take it and, 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 but where does it stop? And that's, that's the problem. Um, when you decide to stand up, somebody's got to be the, uh, the, um, 
the test subject for who they they're really going to screw. So um, so anyway, that's kind of what's going on with the 80 percenters. It's very unclear at this point. And even an ATF lawyer admitted in court the other day that you can still buy, you can still sell just the receivers, the 80% receivers. Those are fine. But as long as you're selling kits and jigs and stuff with them, those are what they're going after. This was in, this was in court and they uh, actually said this, an uh, ATF lawyer actually said this. And if you read the paperwork, the the guidelines that they the the very little guidelines that they have given us, that also mentions kits in there. So it's very unclear whether you can still buy just the eighty percent receivers without the kit and without things with it, the drill bits and all that jazz with it, or if those everything is going by the wayside. Um, I feel like. This is just my opinion, so don't take this for fact. But judging from what that ATF lawyer said and the way that the the, the rest of the ATF has been talking about just the kits, um, I feel like the 80% receivers are still going to be a thing. Here's the other interesting part, though. Uh, a couple months ago, before this rule was in effect, obviously, because this just went into effect at midnight, the ATF went after JSD Supply. They sent them a cease and desist saying that for the simple fact that they sell 80% receivers, even though they if they sold them without a jig, without the kit and everything, that since they also sold the drill bits and the other stuff they need for a fella to make his own firearm at home, even though they sold them separately, since the same place sold them, that was considered they needed to be an FFL and they needed to get background checks from from everybody that's that's buying those. So they were considering they were saying as long as somebody sells a receiver and right here and a jig over here, you're selling them separate. That's still a firearm technically and you need to have a background check and there, therefore you need to be an FFL. Um, so there's there's a lot of great there's a lot of speculation going on right now and nobody really knows for sure including myself this is just my speculation but I bet you what is going to happen is there are going to be retailers that just sell 80% lowers with no kit no jig no nothing just that and then there will be other retailers somehow I don't know how that I'm not sure about this but those other retailers will just be selling drill bits and jigs and those things. So if you somehow, you know, if you want to, if you want to buy the receiver here, then from JSD supply, say, then you have to go over to uh, DJS supply or whatever it is and buy those other things in a separate place. Those businesses are going to be, have to be set up completely separate. Um, now I don't know this, this is just my thoughts and this is from what the ATF is saying. That's kind of what it's, what it's, it's sounding like. Um, no guarantees on that. If you guys see anything, if you find any of the, that, you know, stuff going on, let me know. I'd be interested to, to see it, but, um, so yeah, that's that kind of the down and dirty of what exactly I know I've been rambling a little bit, the down and dirty of what's going on with the whole redefinition uh, rule. What else is that in that rule? Um, 
there's been a lot of confusion about whether, because the way the specific rule is written, there's been a lot of confusion about whether an AR upper will have to be serialized. Therefore, you would need a background check and everything just to get your, your AR upper. Um, but if you read through the rule um, and the guidance that the ATF actually did send out, um, they do specifically grandfather in firearms like the the AR that have already been, say, that the lower is already the, the frame or the receiver of that part. Since that has been like that for a, a long time, they're grandfathering that in. They're saying, hey, this is, you know, it already is. This is what it is. Um, so most of that stuff is not going to change. I know there was a lot of people worried about AR uppers being serialized. At this point, they are not. But the scary part of this is, is they're just changing their definitions willy-nilly. No con congressional approval. What's to stop them now if they get away with this? What's to stop them from deciding AR uppers have to be serialized? What's to stop them from saying barrels have to be serialized or handguards for that matter? Um, because the way the law is written, technically, you know, that could be. Um, Josh says that's so gracious to them. Yeah, fuck them. It's it's absolutely absurd. The only reason they they did that is because they didn't think they could get away with it. They think they there'd be too much blowback. Um, Mackenzie asked, does that apply to old firearms pre-serialization as well? No, it does not. That is another thing that is that is grandfathered in. So still, if I get a pre-68 firearm in that doesn't have any serialization on it, I do not have to serialize that. This specifically just applies applies to what they call PMF, privately made firearms. Um, so no, that's the old the relics and stuff. Those are, or pre-68, those are still fine. This is my understanding of it. I believe, I'm, I'm pretty sure those are still, um, still in there. So um, there was initially when this ruling came out, this was back in April or, I don't remember how long. It's been quite a while that this came out. Um, we had a comment period, like a 90 day comment period. And it was the, the, the initial, the first one was, was worse. Um, it, they did, weren't grandfathering ARs, I don't believe. So, uh, people raised enough hell, not enough, but enough to, um, get them to change their mind. At least AR uppers won't be serialized. Um, so but that we we can't just take we can't just take those small we have to be hammering our senators we have to be hammering our representatives on this this can't be this can't be allowed to stand um and there's been several lawsuits um in the works the the, the one i really had my hopes up for was gun owners of america they were they were suing the atf over this and yesterday the judge was hearing was deciding whether or not there will be an injunction in this. An injunction would have been put in place if that would have been granted, then this law would have, or this rule, would have not gone into effect. Um, and it would have waited until the judge could hear both sides, so on and so forth. But that injunction was denied. That was that it was up in North Dakota, I believe, like that, I believe. And there's also a couple other cases going on. So this is not necessarily over. There is still cases going on. 
But it's frustrating when you get the wrong, when you get a judge that feels like, well, I think this is for the greater good. No, no, this is not the greater good cannot be a a a thought in their mind when they're interpreting the Constitution. That is what a judge is supposed to do. He's supposed to interpret the Constitution for the t as as the Supreme Court just said on the Second Amendment text and history. Um, and there's no history of of firearms being, you know, whatever the hell the ATF says they are. So um, this, like I said, this can't be allowed to stand. Be contacting your representatives. Let's raise some more hell on this. This this fight is not over. It's not over. It's not looking good, obviously. But we can't just stand by and 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 let this shit keep happening. Let this this unconstitutional um, nonsense be happening. Keep happening to us. Um, like I said, it's it's so frustrating because in order for me to, I feel extremely strongly about this, obviously. But in order for me to stand up and to say something and to do something and to put up a fight, the ATF will come in and basically um, gut my business and take my FFL. And that's the problem, you know, when there's we have so much to lose. And when can you, I mean, when does a person stand up? And that's, I think that's what everybody's dealing with right now. There's so many, there's so many, um, we have an overpowering government, an overreaching government that is, the ATF is far too well funded. How do you stand up and how do you, how do you fight back when there's, you have so much to lose? But I don't know. It's a, it's a frustrating situation all around. Um, but is there any more questions or anything, guys? Um, if you if you guys got any questions on this, I will answer answer them to the best of my ability. <sighs> Box uh, says <clears throat> he must have been watching the feed, but Cliff commented earlier and says everyone can see through the I hate box fa facade. Cliff, I think you need to come to terms with the fact that you're in love with me. <laughs> Oh, life short, live free is now matchmakers. <laughs> so anyways, um, I think another interesting part of this is um, the 3D printing aspect of this. I mean, you can you can put all the regulations you want on selling these kits. But there is you're never going to stop people from making these at home. Um, it's the it's too late. There's there's um, amazing additive manufacturing technology going on. I bought a two hundred and twenty five dollar printer and I can do some absolutely freaking amazing things with it. And the, t the, the files are out there. The technology is out there. There's absolutely nothing they can do to stop. As the, the 3D printing guy says, you can't stop a signal. Um, so you can clamp down on this as, as much as you want, but you're never going to win. Um, the technology is advancing so quickly. And actually, there's uh, I've been seeing ads on Facebook for our um, 3D metal printing. That's certainly a thing, and that's come a long ways. The The crazy shit that they can do with this is just is, is beyond amazing. So there's, yeah... There's nothing there's nothing they can do to to actually stop this. But 
like I said, guys, we can't be taking this uh, laying down. We gotta, we gotta fight back. And at this point, that's contacting your senators, your your representatives. And um, yeah, Josh says, "Hey, I made it." Hey, Josh, just more of the uh, more of the Sam rant fest today. You you saw some of my shit in the uh, in the firearm refinishing group. Um, and now I'm just, I was just going over some of the, the ATF bullshit that we're, uh, we're having to deal with. So I, I, unfortunately, I don't know how much longer I have in me here. We've been going for a half hour or so, 25 minutes. Um, so I'm probably going to be taking off here pretty soon unless somebody's got some more, any more questions or any other comments or, um, topics they, they would like to chat about. Um, what else do I got? Um, just in the shop this week, I've been doing the doing the groper guns. Um, if you're not aware of that, what those are, every uh, every year I do a gun for the Chad Memo- Chad Groper Memorial Golf Benefit. He was a soldier that was killed over in Iraq about th- 14, 15 years ago now, and um, there's, they do a golf benefit with an auction for him down here, and I do a gun. I've just been working on those this week. I actually got two uh, receivers or two receivers, got my mind on receivers, two revolvers um, that I'm donating. Um, if you want to be involved with that, I am looking for um, for help donating those. Um, usually I have my customers pitch in 50, 100 bucks, whatever, how much you want to pitch in, and that helps me pay for the pay for the guns themselves. And then um, then I just donate to Cerakote and, uh, and the laser work, you know, that the labor part of it. So if you want to be involved with that, hit me up over right here or on Shyworks. Uh, which printer did you buy? I got, uh, what did I get? I got the Creality Ender 3 V2. I think I paid about 225 bucks for it. They can be had about that price or cheaper uh, if you look on sales and things. But it's, I mean, it's, it's a very good starter printer. And it's, uh, it, I've been super, super impressed with the quality of it. I mean, um, just, just very amazed with it. I think it's an excellent starter one. And also, you don't have to learn 3D design in order to, to use it. There's websites that there's literally thousands, tens of thousands of prints on that you can um, just go and download those prints, plug them right into your printer and, and print it. But the best thing that I did was I spent actually a, quite a bit of time learning um, 3D design. I use uh, Fusion 360 actually is a program that I used. So I can actually, if I have a tool or something in the shop, a jig, uh, then I can just go and design it in this 3D printer and this 3D uh, software export it right from and and most of these 3d design stuff you can export right from that software into your slicer software into your printer you're good to go and it's 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 pretty awesome this stuff is so my advice to you is if you are getting into 3d printing spend some time it's a steep learning curve but learn 3d design because that's the way the world's going there's this thing is so freaking handy there's been so many times in the shop when i needed a jig or i needed a tool or something and i'm like all right well I know what I want it to look like. I go in here, mock it up on the computer, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. I'm getting better, getting quicker at it. Hit print, 
And and depending on how big it is, anywhere from a half hour to a couple hours, I got this jig or I got this little tool or whatever it is. And they're freaking awesome. I just I love it. Um, it's probably I, I have I have a lot of tooling in this shop, a lot of equipment. And I got a freaking laser that $10,000 laser. And this $225 3D printer is my favorite piece of equi- piece of <laughs> equipment. So uh, I definitely recommend getting one. Uh, Josh says, sounds like I'm going to have to pay extra for Sam day service from Sam. Well, you, you can, you can pay me extra anytime you want, Josh. <laughs> That's what my desire is. Jigs and such. Yeah, man, like you will be super happy with it. I use it all the time on my, on my, uh, my laser. It's freaking amazing. Josh says, I'm doing that one now for Darby warrior support organization. I kind of enjoy those. It makes me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, that's always one of my favorite guns to do over the course of the uh, the year. Um, and actually, this year I'm doing two just because uh, a guy in town here was golfing with him a few weeks ago. And he says, hey, what, what gun are you doing? I said, well, I think I'm going to do a revolver. All right, how about you do two of them? And I was like, you know, it's a lot more work, but... I really, I couldn't turn him down. He he wanted to donate the price of the gun, um, Seth Plendle. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to turn that down. So now we got these two revolvers to do and I'm, I'm pretty happy how they current turned out. So yeah, those will be auctioned off Saturday, um, here in, here in town. So got to keep the serial numbers off the guns. Absolutely, man. I, that's one reason, like there's a lot of guys that have just completely in my industry, the Cerakote industry that, that have just completely stopped doing, um, 80 percenters. Um, and I, I want to keep doing it just because there's, you know, guys have a hard time finding people to do them. And I mean, there's a good amount of business in it. I, I have a ton of them come in here. So, but at the same time, I have a conflict with helping the, the ATF, create a gun registry it kind of pisses me off josh says have you printed jigs for the laser bed and will you will you sell some holding slides yeah absolutely i've done i did a run of like shit what i end up doing like 90 90 or 100 sig slides uh and i i sig p320 i printed a jig for that were slicker than shit that was it was freaking awesome so if you need some stuff i enjoy doing it so i'll i'll definitely um help you out with that but, um, yeah, guys, I think, what is it? Eight, eight thirty four, eight thirty four. So, um, guys, yeah, I wanted to hop on here. I know this isn't your usual gears and beers. The production quality is not quite as, as fancy as, as boxes when he does it. He's pretty damn good at this, but it took me, it took me a lot just to figure out how the hell to stream. I'm streaming off my computer here instead of my phone. That way I can record audio a little bit better audio and we can use it for the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> it took me quite a while just to figure out how the hell to do it. And I got it set up. Like I went in and, uh, like I have six 30 or got everything set up. Everything's working good. You know, I went to a fire meeting at seven o'clock, came back. I had about 15 minutes to get it, to get it going. Freaking wasn't working. Just there was something in the Facebook website that was jacked up. Took me well, I went live at about 8:03, 8:04 finally. It took me about 20 minutes just to figure it out. So, I'll be happy when box is back, but um yeah, we'll 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 uh I don't know if we're going to go live for gears and beers next week as we that would be our two-week schedule. 
Um, we're still doing podcasts. And if you haven't heard the latest podcast, we had Scott Smith on. He is a pilot with the 185th uh, Airborne or 185th uh, <laughs> Tankers over in uh, Sioux City. I'm drawing a blank. It's been a long freaking day. But he, he flies uh, the big Tankers, C-130s. He used to be a F-16 pilot. So super interesting guy. Uh, we have a great conversation about uh, flying and aliens and, and all sorts of crazy shit, drones and all sorts of stuff. So if you haven't listened to our latest podcast, make sure you go and check that out. That's super interesting. Probably my all-time favorite episode. So make sure you check that out. Josh says, not all heroes wear capes, brother. You the man. Well, thank you, <laughs> Josh. I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. So guys, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna check out. Thanks everybody for sticking around. I went a little, little bit longer than I, than I was planning on, but that's all right. I was having a good time. So, um, that is about all I've got for you guys. Till next time, make sure you're checking out our sponsors, Ballistic Imagery. You can check him out right here on Facebook. Go over to his page, give him a like, a follow, and uh, also Shyworks, my company. We do Cerakote, uh laser engraved mags. Mag bases, uh, Glock backplates, patches, shirts, hats, all sorts of good shit over on our website. You can use coupon code LSLF10. That'll get you 10% off everything on the website. And yeah, that's about all I got for you guys. Thanks for sticking around. We will be back in either next Wednesday or the following Wednesday. I'm not sure which. But until then, you can check out all our other podcasts on the on the, the website, lifeshortlivefree.com or uh our uh, major podcast providers. So, guys, that's all I got for you. So I talk to you next time. Remember, life short, live free. God bless, and God bless the United States of America. Love you guys. Defund the ATF. Repeal the NFA. Taxation is theft. See you guys.